Hi and welcome to China Focus. I'm Karen Chang. China's organ transplant numbers rank only second to the United States, but unlike in the U.S., um, organ donations account for a minuscule portion of the organ sources. That means for about the 10,000 transplants that take place in China each year, the vast amount of them come from unwilling sources. Now a new book has recently been published that looks at this issue, and today with me we have one of the contributors to this book, Erping Zhang from the Falun Dafa Information Center, and Dr. Damon Noto from Doctors Against Forced Organ Harvesting to talk about this. Now this book, State Organs, Transplant Abuse in China, looks at forced organ harvesting. Now, Dr. Uh, no, no, we're going to start with you. A lot of people aren't familiar with this concept of forced organ harvesting. Can you tell us what it is? Yeah, most people here in America understand organ donation. We use that term, and that's basically I'm consenting and I'm volunteering you to give my organs. And that's either while I'm alive and you happen to be a relative, and I'm saying, yes, you can have my kidney, or it's a situation where uh, my driver's license, I have said, yes, if I pass away for whatever reason, I'll voluntarily give my organs, which is completely different than this concept of forced organ harvesting, which we see in China. Forced organ harvesting is without your consent. You're not saying, yeah, I'm gonna give it to you. Someone's forcibly taking your organs, and in China's situation, the vast majority, not only are they taking their organs, but they're taking their life. So you're saying these people are killed especially for their organs? Oh, absolutely. In China today, the vast majority of organ transplantation, the person not only is not voluntarily giving it to them, but their life is taken and their organs are taken, and then they're sold and people are profiting off of these organ sales. So the China, these allegations have come up before and the Chinese government has denied this, that they're taking sources from unruly organs. What evidence or data are there to suggest that this actually is happening? The, the, the New Book State uh, Organs has the vast majority of evidence we have. The evidence is actually overwhelming in that China uses uh, prisoners of conscience and uh, executed prisoners as the majority of source. The biggest evidence we have actually comes from China themselves. China themselves, they voluntarily say yes, 95% of our organs comes from executed prisoners. The problem is the numbers don't match up. So when they say, okay, they're coming from executed prisoners, they, the numbers are about two to 8,000 people. They say they execute a year. Um, and the transplantation every year, their formal numbers are about 10,000. So even if all the people that they executed, if they used all those organs and give them out to people, that doesn't meet the number of people they say they're transplanting. Uh, a bigger problem is um, you can't say, let's say they say, you know what, we executed 10,000 people this year and we took those 10,000 and we gave them to people for organ transplant. That doesn't work. What happens when you need an organ, uh, and this is why the, the supply is such in a demand in the United States, you need an, a, a kidney transplant in the United States. The waiting time, year, year and a half, two years, three years, is because it's very hard to find a match. You need to have the right blood type, you need to have the right tissue match, you need to be healthy. Um, all these things need to match up. So we use the numbers, it's about a 15 to 1, 20 to 1 ratio you need to find the right organ. So. The reality in China is you would need a population, if you wanted to donate uh, 10,000 people needed organs, you would need a population, a pool of people of about 150,000 people to find the right match. So 
the numbers, it's impossible when China says it's just executed prisoners. We know that there must be another group of individuals that act as a living pool of donors that they have access to, that they have systematized these people and know their blood type, they know their tissue match, and then when someone comes from another country and says, I need organs, they just go through the number, they find that person, they kill them and they take their organs and they sell them to that person. Mm. It's the only possible way. And the reason why we believe strongly that Falun Gong practitioners are the main source is because, one, the transplantation boom that happened in China in about 2001 to about 2008 corresponds perfectly with the persecution of Falun Gong, with the onset of persecution of Falun Gong and with also the height of the persecution. Second of all, we know through many people that Falun Gong practitioners make up the vast majority of prisoners in China today. And that's not from our numbers, but that's from various different sources that we quote. So, so uh, just going back to so Falun Gong, is a spiritual practice that's been persecuted inside China Correct. since 1999. So, Erping, uh, your uh, organization, the Falun Dafa Information Center, has collected a lot of information about this persecution. Why is Falun Gong a vulnerable group? Why do you believe uh, Falun Gong practitioners are a main source of these forced organ harvesting? Well, in 1999, uh, since the, uh, July 1999, when the Chinese government started the uh, the campaign of persecution. The communist leader, Jiang Zemin, at that time, has issued uh, the order to eradicate, eradicate Falun Gong. And over the years, over 3,000 Falun Gong practitioners have died of torture, at least. None of these uh, perpetrators uh, who, who caused the death have been brought to justice. And there's no uh, responsibility whatsoever in terms of uh, torture Falun Gong, in terms of killing Falun Gong, in terms of disappearance for Falun Gong practitioners held in jail or labor camps. Essentially, the government is giving a green light to this organ harvesting in practice in China um, that you can do whatever with the people as long as they, they disappear from the uh, China. So this this is one of the reasons. Another reason is many Falun Gong practitioners, when they went to the public office, government office, to make public appeals for the rights, when they were held in labor camps or detention centers, they, they, many of them refused to give their own names, fearing that this would affect their families or workplace people. So that's why they become nameless uh, in the uh, detention center, and that's one of the reasons, too. So. This isn't the first publication that's looked at uh, looked at organ harvesting. Um, previously, two Canadian independent investigators, David Kilgore and David Maters, have done a lot of research, and basically they concluded that they believe organ harvesting is happening. Now that has had some impact, but not a lot of um, international action has been done about it. Dr. Noda, what do you think this new book, um, coming from surgeons and people in the medical field, is going to do? Well, first, we've had a lot of new evidence since they published that book that now we're putting out in this book. That's number one. Number two, you're talking about two independent people who were looking at the situation in China at that time. Here, we have medical professionals from around the world, four different continents, giving their experiences with face the reality of their patients going to China, face the reality of how they have to interact with physicians, transplant physicians in China. We have um, ethics professionals from different parts of the world talking about the problems with the ethics of forced organ harvesting. 
This book looks at the situation from so many different angles, uh, and the evidence here is overwhelming. I mean, the allegations can no longer be kept silent. They must be addressed. After people read this book, you'll see that the, the amount of evidence we have that organ harvesting is taking place and that prisoner of conscience are the number one source for these organs, it, it's overwhelming. Yeah, I think, uh, we, I think the U.S. government obviously is aware of this because now for when foreigners entering to China, uh, into the United States, especially those from China, they have to fill in a question that uh, have you ever involved in organ, you know, false organ transplant. And also the U.S. Uh, State Department, the country report for human rights, this year they mentioned that there's an allegation of the uh, organ harvesting from Falun practitioners in China. Um, at the same time, uh, as you know, Dr. Noto just mentioned, uh, according to China's own newspaper report, um, they changed the number around a little bit. Uh, the Vice Minister of Health, Wang Jiefu, said over 90% of organs come from executed prisoners. And MC International uh, uh, calculated about 17, a little bit over 1,700 um, were executed in the year. And then you have over 10,000, you know, uh, transplantation plant performed. At the same time, the recently the Chinese government changed the data saying that 65% of the uh, the organs are from public donation. But the professor Chen Zhonghua from uh, uh, Huazhong uh, 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 Medical School, and he, according to his uh, uh, calculation, is uh, since the year 2003 up to 2009, uh, within the six years, there were only 130 actually uh, donation, public donations. And given that each year there are 10,000 you know, operations performed, where do these extra organs come from? So this is don't add so up. So there is obviously a big discrepancy yeah. in the numbers yeah. that we see that yeah. the Chinese government yeah. simply isn't able to explain. So you mentioned uh, before that the, you think the U.S. government obviously knows about the organ harvesting that's going on. Now with this knowledge and with the um, revelations in this book, what do you think the international community, whether it's the governments, whether it's the medical community, what do you think they should be doing to stop this happening in China? I think. Uh, in the face of the facts and the mounting evidence from Canadian in independent investigators and the uh, surgeons and uh, medical professors around the world, the governments and individuals are facing a, a choice. You can play down and pretend to be asleep or do something about it to stop it because this is the, the worst form of uh, a crime against humanity taking place today. Yeah, and from the medical profession, we're actually, if you read the book, you have professionals from around the world actually doing things. One, we're trying to stop research coming out of China that has anything to do with organ transplantation. We're stopping insurance companies from being able to pay for patients to go to China to get their organs uh, transplanted. Um, we're trying to stop pharmaceutical companies from doing clinical trials on new drugs for organ transplantation that's taking place in China. Some countries like Australia and New Zealand are actually stopping training uh, physicians from China if in the uh, skills of transplantation. So the medical community can do a lot um, and we're starting to see that happen and this book is definitely documents that. Well thank you very much for being with us today. That's all the time we have for it. Obviously this is a issue that needs a lot of attention and for more on this report and other information on forced organ harvesting in China, please visit us at ntd.tv.